You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Beth Stevens and Annie Sprinkle. Beth and Annie, thanks so much for talking with me today. Our pleasure, Brainerd. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, thanks. This is Annie. Thanks for having us. This is Beth. Well, Beth and Annie, I'm excited to talk to you both. Um, I'm big fans, and we're going to be talking about Assuming the Ecosexual Position, The Earth as Lover, your new book. Uh, but, of course, I'm familiar with your work and saw the movie Water Makes Us Sweat, which was, which was you know, just, just a, a, wonderful, a wonderful piece of work that, that also got you both um, so much more attention, seems to be doing so well. And, and, and maybe we should begin with, you know, what I know of, of some of the um, more remarkable things that have happened lately. You've, you've also won a Guggenheim as, as before doing this book. Um, so we'll jump into the book, but can you, can you both tell me a little bit about the Guggenheim? Congratulations on that, and, um, and what, will, what will that support? Go ahead, Beth. <laughs> Um, well, the Guggenheim's going to support a new feature documentary film that uh, looks at fire and uh, fire in the culture and fire uh, in like wildfire in the forest. And so it's really going to um, show how the social fabric, the burning social fabric in this country is related to the burning environmental fabric. And it's, uh, we were evacuated from the Santa Cruz Mountains two years ago during the CZU, well, it hasn't even been two years, during the CZU fires. And that was the same time that um, uh, George Floyd protests were happening all over the United States and all of the kinds mm-hmm. of explosive things that, uh, that happened in, in various cities from Portland to Minneapolis to New York. And so as these things are happening happening simultaneously, at least from the vantage point of California, uh, it's difficult not to see what the relationships between them are. And for instance, in California, part of the reason that wildfires in 2020 were so out of control was because many of the inmates who fight fires, um, incarcerated prisoners who are fighting fires, are underpaid, and in the summer of 2020, a lot of them had COVID, and so they weren't able to fight the fires. Uh, so, you know, that that made for a lack of labor because the state depends upon incarcerated prisoners to fight fires. And so these connections just started to um, kind of present themselves in ways that I thought would be very interesting for a film. So that's what we're working on now. It's a third in a trilogy of kind of queer environmental activist documentaries, and there aren't too many of those. Um, The first one was about mountaintop removal coal mining, which was called Goodbye Golly Mountain. The second one, and there were no queer environmental activist movies at all that anyone has been able to ascertain. And then we did Water Makes Us Wet, which you saw, which was an homage to the Water, our water, and about the pleasures and politics, and so this will be playing with fire and a little behind the scenes. Um, Beth actually wrote the Guggenheim grant, and I was like, "Oh, they're never going to give it to us because I had been, you know, a sex worker and 
and uh, we're kind of out there, and we're doing this eco-sex thing, and I said, honey, let's go to the beach. This is ridiculous. It's so hard to get, but she stuck with it, and she got it, which is great because uh, she's also a professor, and, and, and she gets some perks uh, for getting that Guggenheim, too, from her job. That's fantastic. Yeah, congratulations. So that'll go towards the making of the film, and the film will be along, you're saying, the kind of activist lines of Water Makes Us Wet. We're going to learn about fire. We're going to learn about the environment. But we're also learning um, in, in, through the lens of, as, as, as you said, or not quite, but a kind of queer theory in understanding um, this, this kind of culture that we're in and, and, how it, and how we can interact with it and and perhaps change things through, through, uh, through your perspective, right? Through this queer perspective, this queer activist perspective, as you were saying. Is, is that correct? Yeah. We, we consider ourselves ecosexual, and we have the ecosexual gaze, G-A-Z-E. So we imagine the earth is our lover and have a kind of romantic connection with with the old planet. Um, Beth, take it away. But I think it's also about trying to imagine and then somehow enact different kinds of relationships with the environmental world and also with the social world because obviously what we're doing now is um, not leading to different kinds of um, outcomes. (laughs) Right? I mean we're having worse and worse forest fires in California, and actually not just California. I mean, there are fires in Siberia. There have been horrible fires in Greece. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, that's just one kind of environmental um, uh, problem, right? And then our social problems are are seemingly endless as well with, the, um, uh, you know, the American citizens arming themselves to the hilt and young boys going out and shooting people at protests and then not even being punished in any way for doing that. Um, it's and, and the sort of racial divides of who, who gets punished and who does not get punished or who wins and who loses. I mean, these things are really critical. Um, they're critical issues that we face today, and I think that if we don't start imagining different ways to engage these things and think about these things and um, interact with these kinds of things, then we're going to end up in a fascist state. I mean, that's, that's what my fear is. And so our work is trying to turn us towards something else and maybe not uh, something that we already know. So we use a lot of humor. We use what we call... Uh, strategies of joy, which is a term by Roberto Jacobi, an Argentinian artist. Um, And we dress up and we have lots of eco-sexy fun while we address really difficult problems and concerns for the environment. Um, so that makes us kind of a niche, and uh, they're not just for gay people. They're for everybody, these films, and same with our book. It's um, Our book's called uh, 
assuming the eco-sexual position, the earth as lover. And we are queer, but we're not, um, you know, we, we're not exclusive. Uh, we are two women, but we include anyone can be eco-sexual. And they don't have to give any other identities up. And who doesn't love the the air and the water and and the soil and the flowers and the trees? <laughs> you know, so we have. But we make it really fun as hell and as fun as we can because these issues are so heavy and we need relief and and. The pleasures, the sensual pleasures in the world can help lubricate us through difficulties of life. I love that. Yeah, I, that's, that's, um, it's, so, it's so exciting and it is such a great way to enter into this incredibly difficult subject with this sense of, of, of humor and joy and, and, and sexuality. In, in one part of the book, it was actually to, to start towards the end, you, you said something that I thought was very kind of, um, funny and also wonderful. You said you see yourselves as yentas, which are matchmakers, helping people develop more loving relationships with each other. And the non-human world, um, you know, that's that's um, that's a really lovely line, and and it and it strikes me that, and this may be not 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 quite what's happening, but that you're also both naturalists in, in a way. Is that correct? I mean, people write books about the world, about what's, what's beautiful about the world, and, and that are sort of more, uh, you know, narrow kind of naturalist. But in a sense, that's also what you are, isn't it? Or, or, or no, that what you're both doing is, is, allowing, is allowing people to develop relationships with the earth that are that are more intimate, more loving, more um, more supportive of of the environment. Well, I think that's that's what we're trying to do to to you know um, be emphasis for the earth and to help people develop more loving, caring, reciprocal relationships with the earth. But the word naturalist doesn't really it doesn't ring um, it doesn't ring true to me in a certain way. When, when you say that concerning us, because we we use any means necessary, <laughs> to ch- and we use technology, and we use um, you know all the things that that um, are at hand in our in our culture. I mean, we we make films. We well, when you say the word naturalist, it, it reminds me of uh, you know Yule Gibbons. I don't know if you remember Yule Gibbons. He was the grape nut. Sure, grape nuts, author, grape nuts. Right? Yeah, grape nuts. <laughs> right. grape nuts. And you know, and then he turned around and died of cancer. So, I, I mean, I just feel that um, uh, we live in a world where nature and culture and uh, you know technology and uh, you know all kinds of crazy um, fundamentalisms all exist in, in in sort of one complex pulsing package, right? And uh, we're part of that package, but we're trying to direct people's attention towards the. Uh, towards the world in a way where we seem more related to the world rather than just the top species that uses the resources of the world to empower ourselves and enrich it, you know, enrich ourselves in ways that um, means that other people lose. Uh, you know, for instance, people of um, other races or other classes or other religious beliefs. I mean, I think 
words like natural, a naturalist, it naturally, uh, you know, bumps up up against a word like a, a, you know, like a sophisticated culturalist, perhaps, or something like that. And we're really trying to break down binaries because uh, nature versus culture might be one of the most damaging binaries, aside from male and female that's ever existed, right? Because it just allows for one group of people to proclaim themselves more important than another or one group of um, humans to proclaim ourselves more important than nature. Um, and then that that allows us to, you know, make the other <laughs> less, less important and um, easier to use or to kill or to whatever. And so I, we... Stay away from terms like naturalist. I think um, we might be uh, unnaturalist. I think unnaturalist is more of a term I would be. <laughs> I like to. that. Well, <laughs> I would weird, say, you know, it's like oh, it's so we're, natural. <laughs> we're artists, right. number one. I mean, that's what we do: is we do art experiments and do research, share our research, and gather research through artistic practice. But I'm also a sex educator. I, uh, I'd say we're more sensualist or eroticist. Or or, Are you kidding? Hedonist. <laughs> yeah, there you go, hedonist. Uh, <laughs> that's much more, yes. A naturalist doesn't resonate. But uh, all sex is eco-sex. I mean, humans are part of the earth. So... Um, Sex between people is eco-sex, sex, you know, eroticizing a rock or straddling a hot tub jet. You know, those are um, sensual pleasures, erotic pleasures, and uh, but also saying thank you to the water and telling the water you love it. That would be more eco-sexual. Yeah, we curated a series of one-minute um, films that people from all over the world sent in for this competition, and the um, the cue for the competition was "Imagine the Earth as your mother," and there was a range of of what ecosexuality, uh, you know, in this framework of imagining the Earth as your mother or as your lover. I'm sorry, Earth as mother is is a, a metaphor that sometimes we try to shift to Earth as lover, but anyhow, so we. 73 people sent in these beautiful one-minute films, and we had to curate it down to 21 films. And all of those things that Annie was just describing are in this film, people saying thank you to the water, pleasuring themselves with water, giving rocks little spankings, um, even cuddling up to a cactus, which was seemed very dangerous. <laughs> like, uh, you know, yeah, dangerous. But I think there's a huge imagination for how we could be in better relationship and the relationship of lover with the earth. And people are, are it, you know, it's catching on. And the book is uh, really, it's really a consolidation of what it is that we're doing, imagining, you know, the earth is lover, assuming the ecosexual position. And uh, it's also a love story. I mean, it's really our love story with each other and with the earth. And it, it also seems to be um, a, a kind of a handbook for, for others to move forward into the world with, uh, with, with different tools like the Green Wedding Vows script, which is, which is really wonderful. These are, these are new rituals or transformed rituals that also um, 
are reflecting your 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 relationship, as you're saying. I mean, the, the book about your relationship and the stories are just are just wonderful. How how both of you work and live and love. Uh, but this is also something for other people to 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 replicate, right? To to take out and have their own. Um, you know, ecosexual weddings and, and, and more. Is, is that correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we do not, you know, we're not about ownership. Um, we, those vows, anyone can use those vows. And our website has even more explicit instructions for how to have a wedding uh, as a big ecosexual ritual if you want. Um, you know, we, this is, I mean, what would be the use of, of, of you know, proclaiming some kind of ownership over that. It's not an exclusive uh it's not an exclusive piece of property. Hmm. So and one seems, of our projects Yeah, go oh, sorry, sorry, go on, yeah. One of the big projects we did was we did a series of twenty one really big performance art weddings and people know the wedding ritual and we would invite collaboration, no material gifts, and we did a whole bunch of these as theater pieces, performance art pieces, outdoor, when we married the sky, the ocean, the sea, the, a lake in Finland, the Appalachian Mountains. Um, it was what, a big project, and now we've done them enough, so we're inviting other people to do them, and yes, in the book, it has 12 steps <laughs> to how to do one of those weddings with tips. And and actually, two people have taken us up on it so far. We married Brian Shrimp and we married The Fog. And other people produce those weddings. And uh, they're really beautiful and fun. And they bond you to the, to the earth or the non-human. And they are really big love fests and and. and you fall in love. I'm in love with Brian Shrimp now, and I never could have imagined that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, this this book and your work and, and and the films, of course, are are also about you know your your collaboration and this and this very loving relationship that you that you had. Uh, can we talk about that a little bit? It it seems I would imagine that things have evolved in in terms of. Your own loving relationship. This, these, you know, the film seems to have taken off. It, it all seems to have taken off. You, you're part of igniting um, an important movement now. At the same time, this is about also the two of you as 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 lovers, as a collaborative, and um, and that's also incredibly special. I mean, it struck me in the in the uh, in, in the film especially that you know here is this. Um, this older couple collaborative that's celebrating sexuality, which is unusual as well, right? We don't see that in the art world. We don't see that very often. So you guys have kind of succeeded on so many fronts. I just want to talk a little bit about your, your relationship itself because that's, that's the heart of this, isn't it? And that's why this is, in part, why this is all working. So I guess my question is, how, how has the last two or three years um, impacted your your relationship and and, and thus this this work. <laughs> Honey, you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Well, we started out as a couple, and we we then married the Earth, and then we started thinking about bigger picture. Um, they say it takes a village. Um, well, 
it takes an ecosystem to live, to survive. So we started thinking about the ecosystem that we're in and how that keeps us alive. And we love diversity. I like to say it takes a brothel <laughs> because mm. a lot of my friends are sex workers of various kinds and uh, or, or wild things. And we have... Um, so our love grew and grew from just about us to our community, to the earth, the sky, the sea, and the whole ecosystem. And we love diversity. And, you know, when things are the same, they're not nearly as interesting. So it, our love just kept growing to ginormic proportions. And that said, we we are very, very blessed and lucky and privileged um, we both had solo careers, and now we've just kind of melded into this uh, big community. All our work's very collaborative. We love to collaborate. How are we going to get along with each other if we don't work together and live and love together? So it, our love just grew to cosmic proportions, and on an everyday level, we do a lot of events. We work very hard Beth and I are very well matched. She has a a job that affords us a lot of privilege and security. So I get health insurance, for example, and we have a dog. And I do the laundry and the dishes, and she pays the bills. And (laughs) we do butch ram down the line. So uh, we just have gotten really lucky um, that we found each other. But we, we did a lot of you know, had a lot of bad relationships, so-called bad, good and bad is one of those binaries we don't like either. We had a lot of uh, crazy relationships before we got together that prepared us uh, how to have a good one and have a good couples therapist too. <laughs> yeah, we have a really good couples therapist. That's what I was going to say. Um, because, you know, I mean, we don't have this. I mean, our our relationship is not perfect by any means, but we do really get, we really love each other, and we also get a kick out of each other. And uh, yeah. we, uh, you know, we don't always agree about everything. <laughs> and sometimes we agree, you know, uh, or we disagree more strongly than others. But I think we share a common goal. And I think that that really, um, you know, this, the, the ecosex developing our ideas around ecosexuality has really bonded us in ways that, um, I don't know. A lot of, I mean, I guess people that collaborate do share a shared vision. And that's really empowered us in ways that I couldn't have imagined. I mean, we've been together for almost 20 years. And we've been doing this thing called ecosexuality since 2008 when we married the earth. And it's just we would do things and the, the outcomes would surprise us, just like we were completely surprised by, uh, you know, finishing the book and how. I mean, the book is beautiful. The University of Minnesota did a beautiful job designing it. I mean, that whole process, except for the writing, was really delightful. The writing was hard, you know. It was was hard and it took us a long time and a lot of negotiations with each other. But when the press, you know, finally towards the end stepped in, it was just so delightful. Like our editor was delightful and uh, the University of Minnesota Press did just a beautiful job uh, designing and, and, and getting the book out. So that's been really amazing. And we were just surprised this could be that we got a Guggenheim. I mean, 
<laughs> because not everyone resonates with the ecosexual uh, ideas that we put forward because they're kind of randy and kind of bowdy and they push up against sex negativity of which there's a lot of in this society. So, I mean, I've had I've had granting agencies tell me that they're never going to grant my kind of work, meaning our sort of silly, nasty, ecosexual, fun-loving, earth-loving work, right? So, I mean, we've had some bumps, but we seem to always come out but you know, stronger with each other after any kind of conflict, which I, you know, which I love about our relationship. I, I would be, I would, I think I would get bored if I were in a relationship where it was all love and harmony. Annie's friend Spiderweb, I think he's the one that said, "When two hearts beat as one, someone's dead." <laughs> well, we're not dead <laughs> yet, you know. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that, and I also love the line that stuck out for me in the book. Um, it takes a brothel, you know. I, uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I, I love that and all that it references. Well, my best so, friends are former porn stars, and they're just amazing and talented writers, producers activists um and so when i say it takes a brothel it's uh <laughs> we aren't actually most of us uh actively doing traditional kinds of sex work but i do still think of myself as definitely a sex educator and i've been doing work about sex 49 years so uh publicly um, documenting my sex life, and when I'm excited about something, I want to share it. So we're, I'm really excited. I'm just over the moon, literally. I'm just completely over the moon about our book and what where we've gotten to, and I wouldn't have gotten to this place alone. Um, and, you know, this thing came out of our relationship, but it really is a community project. And we started a nonprofit in San Francisco called the Earth Lab SF um, and are just launching that to try to support other artists doing environmental art outside the box. So our little niche is trying to make the environmental movement a little more sexy, fun, and diverse uh, because it can be pretty straight and narrow and depressing as hell. Uh, some of it of activism, you know, getting arrested so tough, and so um, we're trying to dance at our revolution and wear costumes and ease the pain um, with all our sexy friends. I mean, Annie's friends are, uh, you know, so I, you know, I was just thinking while she was saying that, like, our friends are not angry people who are out trying to, um, you know put down people who are different than they are. I think the people that we know try to be, uh, it's a big tent of of people who, we embrace diversity, we embrace difference of opinion, we embrace uh, trying to work together as opposed to trying to, you know, be individuals doing great things. And there's, there's, you know, it's really it's it's a collaborative way of working. And we we depend upon our, our community to help us. Um, I mean, with those weddings, for instance, we could never have, and the weddings probably are the most substantial, that was our most substantial earlier work together. But we couldn't have done them unless there had been, you know, the people who made the costumes and the people who made the cake and the people who officiated the wedding and the people who witnessed and, you know, so on and so forth. And 
I think that's true for for all of our work, really. I mean, films take a crew of people. Uh, you know, the performance, we do performative walking tours, ecosexual walking tours, but there have to be more than two people even to make those uh, a go, right? So um, right, right. the earth. We're always collaborating with the earth. So, we so it's so a, exciting. We're, we're I mean, yeah, big, I mean, <laughs> big collaborators. It is. It's so exciting what you're doing. So I want to congratulate you both on your book, the Guggenheim, all of this. What's what's next? Um, are you? Is it a book tour that's happening now? Like, what does 2022 look like for you guys? What is? Will this this book is getting out into the world and 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 there'll be uh, well, performances or tours? Trainers. We did a little book tour on the way back from the East Coast this summer, and it was so weird because no one's really quite sure where we stand with COVID and. You know, out in the mid, mid, middle of the country, people seemed very casual about masking. And, you know, we did all of our events outside, but it was still you know, it was still kind of strange and people weren't really so comfortable with each other. And we came back here and we did a beautiful eco-sex healing clinic at City Lights Bookstore as part of a book tour, and we sold a lot of books mm-hmm. there. But this past weekend, my birthday was last week, so on Saturday, we decided to have a big party at the local lesbian bar here, <laughs> and they have this, it's called the Wild Side West, and they have this garden in the back, and we had a book party, and we, you know, we posited it as a garden party, and the place was packed. It was unbelievable how many people came, and we sold out of all our books. It was just incredible, and I mean, that's been the first really big energetic, I mean, it was a little inappropriate, too, because there were probably too many people there. But it was really energetic, and it was really fun, and it was at this, you know, old lesbian bar, the Wild Side West in San Francisco. But and all, so all genders, all yeah. genders are yeah. welcome there. Yes. It's just all like being out and everything. Right, right, but right. Brainerd in January, the archivist from Harvard uh, Schlesinger Library is coming out in January. We've also been incredibly fortunate that we were able to place our archives so it will be preserved for hopefully centuries to come. People can study where the ecosexuals began <laughs> and also my old work and best old work. Um, it's all going there. So in January, we'll be boxing stuff up and making some new room in our closets and drawers and getting rid of shit. Uh, definitely. Yeah, want Annie to wants to get a downtime. boat. Yeah. Annie wants to get a boat. A boat. Just go sailing for a while. I, I have a whale watch. I don't know. <laughs> I have to be by water. I have to be by water. But, you know, we sound like everything's going great, but I also had lung cancer two years ago. I've had breast cancer. Oh, you know, my teeth are not, you know, constantly needing work. <laughs> you know, it's not Yeah, but she's still alive. We're both still alive. And we're, yeah, I think I'm we're just doing, grateful we're to be doing alive, really well. And we what's have a really hard time for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, people around us are losing their houses, and uh, we've no, taken in some friends. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned all that, Andy. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned all that, because, right, there are setbacks yeah. and difficulties it's not like this is just an endless rosy picture and and yeah. everything is love yeah. that there are challenges within this and that's part of what's also extraordinary that these are challenges that you're that you're meeting and um 
and, and, and surviving and, and thriving and sharing a lot of love with the world. So I want to thank you both for this book and your films and everything that you're doing this year. I'm just so grateful Aww. that you guys have done this because it's, it's, it's just, I just think it's a remarkable and, and, and loving project and, and, and needed. It's, we, need, we need it so badly. Thank you. In our middle of our last film, we had uh, we were rear-ended on Highway Five going to LA, and our van rolled over. We got kind of hurt, and we lost our dog out the car, and we made it into a scene in the movie. (laughs) Uh, We like. I I remember that scene. It was so extraordinary in the setting, and yeah. yeah. So and then yeah, it all worked out just fine, and. We made art out of breast cancer, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with fire, but, um, We're pretty good at making lemonade out of lemon, for real. I mean, yeah. I think... Or vice versa. You know, fire's definitely <laughs> going to change things, um, and, but I think we do need change, and then... I think so, too. You know. well, thank you, Brainerd, so. for documenting artists work all these years and ha- and uh, helping us all get all the ways out. that you do. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Really, thanks so much for that. Do. Do. Yeah, that's what we want to do with the Earth Lab SF is support more artists. I like that. I certainly love that. And mm-hmm. um, I want to I ask you guys one more question. What are you both mm-hmm. reading now? What's on your bookshelf, nightstand, or wherever the books are? Mm. Oh, wow, let's see when that. Well, right now, literally, I'm, re- well, I'm teaching a class on environmental art and social practice for a new MFA that we have at uh, UC Santa Cruz. And I'm reading my friend Kim Tallbear's article. It's called Caretaking Relations, Not American Dreaming. And she's talking about how, um, uh, you know, Democracy needs, really needs a change, and it needs to change through uh, relations and the kinds of relations that indigenous people have with the, with the human and the non-human world. And I think that's a really important thing to, um, to consider. I love that. I think so, too. Um, I just got a book in the mail yesterday. Um, it's called Sex Ecologies edited by Stephanie Hessler. And there's a quote by Don Haraway on the front cover. And it's a bunch of artists and writers and thinkers um, who have written about the places sex and ecology intersect. And that's right up my alley. And we have our 25 ways to make love to the earth in the book. So I'm I'm looking forward. There's lots of pictures too. I'm not a big reader of theory, um, or I don't read any fiction, honestly. But uh, this book uh, looks great. Well, I want to thank you both, Annie and um, and and Beth and yeah. and your dog too. Your dog. Yeah, too, but... so, uh, so, so, so thanks. Yeah. He wanted to thanks, tell Annie you what he's reading. Yeah, yeah, he's well, talking I'm, to I'm, you about, he's reading Dr. Spock. <laughs> <laughs> now he's like reading that. our and book, and everybody listening should read our book, too. <laughs> well, yeah, there'll be links to it here. Sexual position, the Earth is lover. <laughs> a- Annie and Beth, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for your work and your time. 
Thank you, Brainerd. Thank you so much. Good to revisit our um, revisit together. Yeah. Time going by. We're still here. I'm glad everybody survived COVID. Stay safe. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.